Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker, and uh, an 8-5 to victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins over the Philadelphia Flyers, and 5 nothing Predators over the Avs, so two very decisive wins in a closeout Game 6 for both these teams, and uh, I, I think that was exactly what you predicted, wasn't not? Yeah, uh, I did say Philly was gonna was gonna bite the dust. That's for sure. And yeah, I think it, it I happened. said that that av- the Avalanche and the Flyers would both win this, and then they'd lose in Game Seven. So I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit it when I'm wrong, and Justin is correct. You know. It, but hey, let's let's not forget you were right about the call about firing the GM before the coach in ah, Minnesota. Yes, that is true. I don't even remember how long ago it was that I said that, but was like. That- 12 hours ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. that Oh, that was that show. I, You know, I feel like, uh, you know, we've we talked a lot about whether Bruce Boudreaux would be fired. I think that's just where I'm. We, we talked about that, what, back in probably November, December. Oh, yeah. And, and he hasn't been fired yet. But, yes, uh, Chuck Fletcher I let go. I predicted him as my first coach to be fired. Yes, and no coaches were fired. It's true. Until, of course, the, you know, the season was over, which that doesn't count, right? No. That's like, all right, off season, of course, someone's going to fire their coach. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's uh, just take a few minutes and uh, just kind of break down what the Flyers are going to need to do moving forward. Because, uh, I mean, I, I think that they're in, a, they're in a very interesting position, the Flyers. Maybe the most interesting out of any team that's lost thus far. Uh, where, like, the Avalanche and the Devils... Nobody expected them to be here. Uh, I think that when you look at Philadelphia, uh, there was quite a few people that had them in the playoffs. And now that they, you know, they looked the way they did against the Penguins and it was pretty obvious what some of their deficiencies were, what do the Flyers need to do? And I'll, I'll turn it over to you for the first crack. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty clear that the Flyers could use some uh, some secondary scoring. I mean... Let's face it, Sean Couturier playing on a, a, a torn ACL, I think it was. I mean, it was... Uh, MCL. He was, MCL, that's it. Yeah, he was, I mean, banged up. He still managed to put up five points in that game yesterday. Yes, uh, a hat trick <laughs> in... Uh, yeah, that was that was a, a very impressive one-man show by Sean Couturier. Yeah, I, I tip my cap to that, man, and it'll go down as one of the better better playoff performances I've seen in a series for, for a flyer in a long time. Um uh, I, I will say, you know, you you mentioned depth scoring, and uh, and I, of course, yes, I agree. They were short on depth scoring. Uh, really, aside from the one game that, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, former Red Wing centerman. Oh, Valtteri Filppula. Yeah, Filppula. Yeah, where he he yes. had his his one good game, but other than that, I mean, it was pretty much just. I mean, I think Giroux had a few points, and uh, you you had. Land, uh, I'm totally blanking on people's names. Voracek with just a couple uh-huh. points. So it was it was a bad series for the the top guys. And I mean that's yeah. that's an even bigger issue. Is that I mean you look at Giroux, Voracek, and you go, okay, that's fine. They're they're good in the regular season. It's pretty clear though that I, I don't know if they can contend against top teams. Other lines, you know, like that Crosby line just tore them apart. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, too, well, I mean, they've got Phil Pula's contract coming off the books. There's five mil. Matt Reed will be off the books at another three and a half. And they got a couple defensemen. I think I think more than anything else, 
you know, you're hoping that this off season and going in the next season, you know, your younger guys like uh, Ghost and uh, Ian Proveroff and, uh, you know, even Nolan Patrick, that those guys sort of grow a little bit more. And, you know, I mean, this is good experience for those guys. It'll it'll do them well. And hopefully they'll they'll be better for it next season. And I think outside of that, the you know, they can use some of that cap space money to go try to identify, like we said, some depth scoring. And hopefully, too, they they really need to figure out uh, what they want to do in goal because that that was not healthy for them at all. Well, Carter Hart is is going to be the answer. I, I think, yes. I mean, that's, that's obviously their plan. Uh, Carter Hart, 19. I mean, he could see himself in the, in the lineup at some point next year. Uh, I think most likely he probably starts in the American hockey league. And then, you know, if he's able to steal a job, good for him, but I don't see them throwing a 20 year old into starting role, playing 60 games right off the bat. I think it'll be gradual, which is, is what they should do because this team is young. They've got some nice pieces and they're in no real rush other than the, you know, you could say, well, Giroux's 30. Uh, and, and was mm-hmm. this season his last hurrah or was it him refining his entire game? Right. And I, I think, you know, like you said, I think, you know, Carter Hart's a couple of years off. Uh, you know, they've still got Brian Elliott and Neuwirth under contract for one more year after this. And I think, you know, maybe you gotta, you gotta start thinking, do we want to, you know, run a three goalie system, go out and try to find us another goaltender because uh, I'll be honest, Michael Neuwirth is just like Brian Elliott. He's getting hurt all the time. And while I still like Brian Elliott, it's just that, that injury bug that kind of worries me a little bit with him. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe they look their way to try to go after a Philip Grubauer or a Carter Hutton for a couple of years to sort of, you know, put a bandaid on this while they wait for Carter or Carter Hart to get, you know, developed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where where do you see Nolan Patrick after his first year in the NHL and some playoff experience? Uh, do you see him panning out to be that top line centerman? Does it look um, like that's going to happen? I'm still on the fence about that. I I still think he's he'll be a quality top six guy, um, and I, I can't. But he was drafted first overall. Or second, yeah. second overall. Second, yeah. You don't want just a quality top six guy with a second overall pick. You want no. that player to change your franchise around. Right. And you know what? I think I think what's going to be best for him is sitting, you know, for a few more years or maybe not even a few more years, one or two more years sitting in that second line center position, um, you know, and maybe developing into a guy who can eventually transition to that first line role to play with, you know, Claude Giroux or, you know, who knows, maybe they go out and snag somebody else True. either through trade or free agency. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sold on him. I liked the growth that I saw out of him from where he was at the beginning of the season till now. But as far as, you know, is this guy going to be a, a Nico, he type, you know, player? Uh, I don't know. Here, here's the, uh, the one other beauty for the flyers is they have two first round picks this year. Yes. Uh, assuming the Blues pick doesn't become a top ten pick, which which could right. happen, but the only way that happens is if they win the lottery. So right. uh, the Blues have the option to keep their 2018 pick and send Philadelphia their 2019 first round pick instead. Yeah, if that happens. Oh, and that's yeah, uh, the Flyers will receive a 2020 third if the pick is transferred to 2019. So potentially they they get a little extra if that does happen. So. 
but two first round picks this year that's that'll be you know probably in the top 20 so that's not that's not a bad consolation prize for a team that is just kind of building itself up sure okay yeah, and I, I i still think they're growing so like you said uh, you know they're they were in the playoffs last year they're in the playoffs this year i think you know as long as you're moving in the right direction you got you got things to be excited about all right and on that note let's move to another team that probably was quite excited to be in the playoffs and of course you're always <laughs> bummed when you lose but the colorado avalanche i think surprised everyone the way they played in the first five games of this series where every single game colorado came out with a bang uh, at the beginning of the game and so the Predators were kind of caught off guard, but they did not let that happen in Game 6. Uh, they knew They did what I thought they might do in Game 7, and that's just go, guys, seriously? Come on. And they go and, <laughs> and they destroy them. So, uh, yeah, 5 nothing win. I, I Colorado did – they did score a goal. They did get a puck past Rene, but it was a, a goaltender interference on that one. And so I think the Predators – the Predators also – they, they scored – one of their goals was under review. Did it count? Uh, oh yeah there was one that was yeah i can't remember if that one counted so maybe the you know maybe they got six and it was called back i can't can't quite remember that oh yes they did because the the, yeah somebody was skating right across the crease and bumped in or outside of the crease the goal uh goaltender was outside of the crease and he got bumped coming across and they deemed that he couldn't make the save and that the contact was intentional so right 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 so a couple goals called back but anyways uh what should the Avalanche do moving forward uh, as, you know, they, wow, a shocking season after finishing historically last in the league last year? Yeah, I I don't think you do much of anything, to be quite honest. I think you uh, you, you sort of build on the progress from this year because if, if you're the Avalanche, you look at, you know, the season before they, they finished with, I mean, a record low points. Uh, in the salary cap era, and it was just a uh, just a dreadful season. And I think now you transition this year and you actually make the playoffs, which is just so impressive on its own right to just go from dead last to you know even that eight seed. And I think you know you, you don't want to change too much. I think what you're hoping for, if you're Colorado, is you're hoping guys like Landis Gog, McKinnon, and you know Rotten do what they were doing this season. But you're hoping that other guys um, you know continue to grow. Uh, like Tyson Yost, um, that those guys get a little bit better, keep improving. Um, I think, if anything, they they could use some help on the back end. And, yeah, and uh, that's going to come in the form of Cal McCarr. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, he's. I, I'm. I mean, at least that's certainly what they're going to be banking on is that uh, he can come into the lineup soon. I would assume. I, right. You're probably maybe looking at one extra year for him in terms of development. Defensemen sometimes take a little longer, but yeah. And speaking of defensemen, I mean, you got to be excited about what you saw out of uh, Samuel Girard this year too. Yes, yes, I mean, very much so. Oof. He, him alone, makes that Matt Duchesne trade worth it. And absolutely, and they are going to cash in on. Well, we'll see if so. You know, obviously, if Ottawa's twenty eighteen pick ends up being pretty high, um, the Senators do have the option to keep it, uh, but. The Senate are the Senators even going to be that good next year? <laughs> Maybe the Avalanche go. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and take your. You know, I, I I'm where I'm not sure exactly where the Senators finished, but I know that it was pretty, pretty low. Uh, I'm sure that their yeah. their chances of a top 
of, of a lottery pick are somewhat high, but uh, you know we'll we'll see. They they may you know hey if you, if you finish if they're not eighth or ninth, do they go? Uh, well, let's just give up this pick and and that way if we're really bad we can go after you know the next the next guy that's coming. I can't remember the guy who's who's there next year first overall, but I know he's supposed to be real good too. So, oh yeah, the the U.S. guy. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Obviously, they'll they'll wait for the the lottery because if they win the lottery and they're in the top three, there's no way they're giving up that pick. But uh, right, the the way that things look to be trending for them, it seems like they should just hand over anything that's not in the top seven or eight. Uh, I know the top six in this upcoming draft is that's that's the guys. There's six guys, and then everyone mm-hmm. else kind of falls into that next tier. So uh, should be. Should be an interesting draft, and we'll, of course, we'll get into the draft as we get a little bit closer to it. And oh, you know what? Actually, isn't isn't tomorrow the uh, the lottery draft? No, that's on Saturday. I thought. Oh, sa- it's Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday. So what's what, okay? Well, okay. So any anything else, Colorado Avalanche, that they should be doing leading into this draft, other than just drafting more? <laughs> more. Uh, well, besides that, I think. I think they need to do something with their goaltending situation. Um, you know, Jonathan Bernier, the Hamburglar, they all come off their deals. Um, and and, and Varlamov is a free agent at the end of next year. Yeah, and so my thought process is right now, if you're looking to build, um, again, I think now would be the perfect time to trade Varlamov because he's still a serviceable starter. And for teams that could use a starting goaltender, and at $5.9 million, it's not a huge cap hit. And maybe if you want to eat a, a million or two of it to maybe get a you know a, a second or first round pick back, maybe I don't know, or or maybe even move them to a team like Carolina who could use a starting goaltender and get maybe a defensive prospect back in return or something like that. But anyways, that's uh, the avalanche. Just a thought. The avalanche, like without the cap going up at all, have over twenty five million in cap space in the off season. And yeah, really, I mean the guys are going to have to resign uh, when you're looking at legitimate deals uh what uh, there's there's really no one i mean are they gonna yeah they, they don't they're not gonna have to resign anybody significant carefoot still has another deal year on his elc so does comfer and rantanen yost has two more years left on that so and, and yeah. yeah they're they're looking pretty and maybe they can make a a, a play here you know i i don't think that a john Tavares would be a a legitimate option, but man, can you imagine that if he went to Colorado, what that would do to that team? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they could afford it. They could pay it. The, oh, absolutely. The they could give him 14 mil a season. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's get into the, the newest matchup that we, that we know of, uh, which mm-hmm. is Winnipeg and the Nashville predators. Of course, we're recording this at six thirty PM on Monday. So, you know, the the Leafs and the Bruins play tonight and so do the Washington Capitals and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, their series could be over, but we don't know the result. So, we're just going to focus on the one matchup that we do know. Uh we if you haven't heard our coverage on the previous matchups, the uh oh shoot, which what are the other ones even going on? The the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Knights, that series yep. we we broke that one down in our last episode. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, but let's dive into the series I think that everyone was waiting for. I think arguably the most 
the biggest buildup to any series in the playoffs is, hey, everybody knew this one was coming, and there was talk even in the regular season, oh, when Nashville and Winnipeg play each other, it'll be in the second round, and it's probably going to be the best series of the entire playoffs, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, how often do you think that when people assume, oh, this is totally going to be the best series, how often does that come to fruition? Right. You don't yeah, very, very little. Right. And you don't, you know, you, sometimes those series that are unexpectedly great are even better than the ones where you're like, yes, powerhouse against powerhouse. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a pretty fun series to watch. Yeah. I, uh, you got two teams here that, again, Winnipeg, number two, Nashville, number eight in scoring in the league. Uh, and then on the other end, you got Connor Hallibuck, who's looking phenomenal. Pekka Rene, still looking great. I, I, this, this is going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, two Vesna Trophy candidates going head-to-head. Yes. Uh, you also have Norris Trophy candidate P.K. Subban. And I, I don't, are, there any other, are there any other players on Winnipeg that are up for awards? I don't think so. Uh, no, but you could honestly throw Blake Wheeler's head right. in that heart conversation. Right. Yeah, he'll certainly – my guess is that when all is said and done, he'll be top 10 in the voting. Oh, absolutely. But uh, – what intrigues you most about this series? Not not on a not on the level of well, they were both really good in the season, so I'm excited to watch it. I mean, we all know that. Uh, I think I think for me, the most uh, I guess the thing I'm looking forward to is the fact that both these teams, while they do have very good players up front, I mean Patrick Line is fantastic. We but we mentioned Wheeler and and guys like even to a certain extent like guys like. Brian Little and of course Mark Shifley, and then on the other end for for Nashville, uh, Philip Forsberg and Arvidsson. I mean, they they all have these guys that can that can score, but you don't look at their team and you go, "It's all about Line," or you know, "It's mm-hmm. all about Subban," or it, it's certain it's all about Nashville's D, and it's all about Winnipeg's presence up front. Uh, but a lot, but it's not that both those teams don't have great players in other positions, but those that to me is what's most intriguing is that Nashville has the best defense in the NHL and mm-hmm. Winnipeg, I think has the best top six in the NHL, maybe the best top nine in the national hockey league. And probably with that said, they have the best forward group in the national hockey league. Yeah, I, I would not disagree with you. And for me, um, you know, it kind of piggybacks off of what you're saying I'm I'm more intrigued on watching what kind of matchups we're going to see. You know what kind of, you know when 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 coaches have home ice and they get last change, for instance. You know who is Peter Laviolette going to throw out there against? You know, Line A or who's he going to throw out against Wheeler? What kind of matchups are we going to see? Am I going to see Yossi against Wheeler or Yossi against Line A? How is this going to play out? Because like you said, their top nine is stacked. When you have Brian Little on your third line winger, I mean it's it's gold. Sure. Yeah. And. I, I think what is – I'm trying to figure out, man, what is Nashville going to do uh, against them in a seven-game series? I mean, we, we saw it in the regular season, but in a seven-game series, it just changed – the game has just changed. You know, there's there's so much more line matching, and there's a lot more familiar, familiarity in the in the games too. So I think that it'll, it'll change the way they play against each other. But I do think the one thing that – Winnipeg needs to watch out for 
is, as it's always been with any Paul Maurice team, is penalties. Mm-hmm. And, and getting stuck, in, you know, getting stuck in, in taking bad penalties because they do have some players. I mean, they do definitely like to throw their body around. Um, oh, absolutely. We mentioned the best forward group in the NHL, and that includes Dustin Bufflin, who is a forward playing on the back end. <laughs> So they only play with five defensemen. It just he happens to play on the back end there. Uh, but, yeah, I think that the way that they throw their body around and they're not afraid to mix it up, I think that maybe Nashville, where Minnesota was willing to get into it a little bit, certainly Nashville can be aggressive and hit, and they have a guy like Subban who can take the odd bad penalty. But I think they mm-hmm. may be a little more disciplined. And so will you see the power play of the Predators – become a big factor in this game. Sure. In the series. And, an interesting stat. I mean, to just kind of go along with that, uh, you know, Winnipeg on their penalty kill, when you look at shot attempts per 60 minutes on the on the penalty kill for Winnipeg, they allow the most shot attempts per 60 minutes than any other team. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's, it's not a problem if you're not giving up too many, you know, if it's two or three power right. plays a game, it's not, not a big deal and it, it is what it is. But yeah, and, and you know, there there is... Possibly the way that they kill penalties, uh, they they do keep guys to the outside, and so perhaps you know teams are throwing pucks on the net from further away. But there's some, there are some guys on that team that can clear traffic quite well, like a Bufflin, or you know. So there's there are players where you can create space for your goalie to make a save, and on on the power play, some of the deception is yeah 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 shoot from there, yeah you can do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> shoot from there instead of trying to work it down further and and create a better opportunity you take low percentage shots and you hope to get the rebound or or at least stop the play and have the opportunity to win a faceoff and gain possession back so certainly that that can be some of the strategy but yeah i think that nash nashville if there's one area where they can really take advantage it is the discipline side of the game and and maybe picking up some extra power plays that could come in handy. Uh, the nice thing, both these teams are going to come in rested. I, I don't think yes. there's any big deal. You know, Winnipeg played five and Nashville played six. I think, you know, by the time that second round starts, it's going to be what is Saturday, the first day of the second round, probably. I see it's uh, Monday. Yep. You've got game. There's no game sevens tomorrow. So game sevens would be Wednesday. And then uh, I guess Friday, Friday would be the first day of the second round. They, I don't think they've announced any schedule yet, but um, I, I, it's yeah, I think started. Vegas's tickets went on sale today, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, I guess they would. Yeah. They would know that. Well, okay. Uh, well, either way, it's starting later in the week, and so yeah, everybody's rested. Yeah. Everybody's ready. There's, there's not really going to be like, well, they've been off for, for you know, a week and a half, and when it's like, well, you've been off for, you know, six, seven days, and we've been off for five. I don't think it makes a big difference, and these. No. Things, I, I think you'll see, you know, the typical first period feeling each other out, but then it's going to be on from there. So uh, what's your prediction for this series as we wrap this up? Ooh, this is this is tough. And I want Nashville to win this, but after watching. You want Nashville way- to beat your boy, Connor Hellebuck? When I when I did my bracket beginning of the of the playoffs, I picked Nashville to to win it all. And oh. now after watching the Jets, the way they played against Minnesota, I I think I think Winnipeg's going to take this. Wow, 
So, so really now do. your prediction is the Jets beating the Preds in seven, six? Yeah, five, it's, it's four? minimum six games. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I think that there's just an auto seven games on this one. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, if it goes, we'd be shocked if it was any less than six, of course. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I want Winnipeg to win. I, I, I will, I'll say that Winnipeg is my, they're, they're my girlfriend team in the West. Ooh, okay. You know, okay. As, you know, as, uh, the, the Leafs I'll always, but you know, my girlfriend team in the West, Winnipeg, and then my, my other girlfriend team is, is always the Penguins. So mm. I'll be, if, if the Leafs happen to be out of it, that's the, those are the two teams that I'll be, you know, cheering for. But at the same time, I actually, if it comes down to Washington Pittsburgh again, I don't, my heart would be torn because, you know, I didn't like Ovechkin that much when I was growing up. I was, you know, there was, there was much more of a Crosby or Ovechkin. It wasn't like Crosby and Ovechkin are both awesome. It was like, who do you think's better Crosby or Ovechkin? And I remember I was Uh always, I always said, well, Crosby's the better player and people, especially from around here, you know, after the, the 08 and 09 series with Detroit, Uh people around, no, Crosby sucks. I'm like, ah, uh, you suck. You're terrible. Like that's that's like saying that Tom Brady sucks. I mean, Justin you might not Berlin like him over here. Right, right. So, I I would I would feel something inside of me that says, eh, maybe Ovechkin. If he could just win once, like move yeah. on to the third round, it would be it would be cool to see. And I and I would probably cheer for them until you know in the Stanley Cup Finals. So I don't know. I I'm I'm excited because. I think there's so many great opportunities. You know, we, we talk this Predators Jets series maybe the 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 big one of the the first round. But I mean, shoot, you're going to get Tampa and either doesn't matter Boston or Toronto. It's going to be a fantastic series. You're going to get Pittsburgh against Washington or Columbus. That's going to be a great series too. And and the storylines in the West. If if Vegas moves on, that's a great story. If San Jose goes to the conference finals, you've probably got Joe Thornton in the conference finals again. And yep. and they may get laid laid to waste by one of those teams, <laughs> but but in the East, I mean, the conference final is going to be incredible. Oh, whoever absolutely. comes out of there. So I I'm I'm very excited. But let's uh, we'll wrap this up and uh, enjoy watching those games tonight, my friend. Yeah, we got we got a couple great ones. So uh, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for your leaves. That's for sure. Yes, I I would love to. Let's get to game seven. Let's just get to game seven. I purposely yeah. didn't watch game. I'm not watching game six with my, with my family. Like nobody's getting together tonight. Cause we're like, well, if they lose, we're just going to be pissed. But if they win, <laughs> we'll watch game seven together because it's a little more, you know, if they win, we have to watch another one. So we'll right. wait till game seven. But anyways, so let me ask you then oh, real quick yes. before we go. Uh, rumor is Kadri's back on that line with, with Marlo. They broke that up with yep. mechanics. Yeah. What what what's your thought on that? Oh, uh, I th- I think that that was a good idea. I mean, I think Placanics played he played nice, but Kadri's better. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it. And and I think that uh, well, Kadri played well with Nylander and Janssen. It just there's no point in in not using Kadri to his full ability, which he is a pretty good shutdown center. 
when all is said mm-hmm. and done. So I guess we'll find out what happened. And you know, if you're listening to this tomorrow morning, maybe you're like, ah, "You idiot! They should have left Plukanics <laughs> on there." But I think that the result will be will be good, whether they win or lose. I think that line will still be probably the Leafs' best as it has been. That Mar Mar Marner Marlow, whoever you stick between them, that line has been the best in every game. So, yep. All right, this has been Overtime Hockey Talk. Follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We'd love to hear from you and uh, talk a little talk a little smack on there if you, if you want. <laughs> to. So, all right, we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great one.